Welcome to Keeping It Real's podcast, where we believe in real hope, real love, and a real God. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. My husband and I have been pastoring for 23 years. Uh, we were in the city of Gardena for 18 years. Then we went into um, Praise Chapel Paramount with Pastor Omar and his beautiful wife, Letty. We assisted him for four years. Now we're in God's country. Washington! Woohoo! Oh, it is, it is beautiful. We are excited. Even though it rains, I told David, I go, because I'm at home, I don't go nowhere. I feel like the Dr. Seuss story with the little kids sitting in the window watching the rain come down. And the rain. We just came from five weeks of straight rain. And I'm not talking like a little bit of sprinkle. I'm talking about rain. Five weeks, 80 days of clouds. I know you guys don't get that here. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. In fact, it's, it's refreshing. It's peaceful. It's, um, I'm telling you, God is speaking to me so much up there just by staring out into my backyard because there's just like all this woods. But God is, is speaking to me there. He's, he's loving me. He's filling me up. He's filling me up. Even David and I are like, we're already crazy connected as it is, but it's like even more so. You know, it's just, it's just a beautiful time. You know, we'll probably um, get things going with our church around Easter time or something, trying to have our first service around there. So just keep us in prayer. Um, we got neighbors that want to come and stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be fun. We're going to have, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited. Are you guys excited tonight? Because you're all too quiet for me tonight. Come on. Let's give it up. You know, we serve a good God. We don't serve a quiet God. We serve a good God that he's going to speak into our hearts tonight. Amen. He's going to speak into your heart. When you walk out those doors, I'm believing God is going to break chains in this place. Things are going to be broken. There's maybe hurt in this place. There's comparison in this place. There's envy in this place. There's things that you have been going through that God says no more. And this ain't even in my notes. But I'm letting you know tonight, chains are going to be broken. There's no more fears. There's no more disappointments through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're going to be changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I want to be a little bit transparent with you tonight. And I know Viola already knows his story. But um, I would go to women's discipleship classes. And I would go to women's discipleship classes, and she already knows what I'm going to say. And I would go to them because I felt like I had to go to them. And my heart wasn't into it. And this last one that I went to in Paramount, I'm, I'm like, I'm there, but my mind is not there. Okay, don't judge me, because I'm sure everybody has probably thought this thought, okay? But I'm just being transparent. So I'm there. We're singing songs, and I'm like, all right. I'm singing this song, and I'm like, God, I need you to speak to me. And he straight out got in my face, and he says, how can I speak to you when you won't let me? Because of your attitude. Oh, you know, the truth can slap you dead in the face, and it hurts, but it's what you need, right? Right there in my seat, I believe you were at that one right there, I, I broke. I was like, Father, forgive me. 
Forgive me for my judgmental attitude. Forgive me. And God was all over me. And he, right then, my chains were broken. And I began to see that this is a precious time. This isn't a time like, oh, man, I got to drive all the way over there tonight. Oh, my God, we're there already Sundays. We're there Wednesdays. We're there Saturdays. It wasn't like that. It's not like that. This is when precious women come together because this is a time when we need one another to stick close to one another like this, woven. This is, I'm telling you, none of this is, this, none of this is in my, what I'm going to preach tonight, nothing. But God wants you to become one. He wants, he wants you to, to wrap, wrap around each other and become closer, closer-knit women of God. And this part, I had a, on February 7th, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning with this church. God's putting this church on my mind for, for you. He's given me a vision or a dream or a word. I'm not sure how. But I'm running everything through my mind, and, and um, I need to just breathe for a minute. God's moving too fast in my heart. <laughs> but um, I believe God has a word for this church, amen, that he's going to do something new. And this last house that I moved from in Torrance, I had this big, beautiful plant in the backyard. I loved this plant. It, I mean, it was like some, I don't know what it was. It was huge. It was like this big palm looking thing. I watered that thing. I would tell it how beautiful it was. I loved this plant. I loved it. And I would water everything like that. One day I went out there and uh, um, I went out there to my backyard and you know, I seen some beautiful flowers coming up. I don't know if they're snapdragons. I don't know what they were, but they were just beautiful. And I'm like, yes. And I'm watering it. And I'm just loving this thing because I'm like, I'm, I'm a tree. If I wasn't saved, I'd probably be a tree hugger. I'm not sure. Now living in Washington, I'm probably going to be even more of a tree hugger. But, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm watering this plant. And then, you know, a couple days go by. I go back out in my backyard and I see one of the the palms, it's like sticking out and it's turning brown. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm watering too much. So I kind of pull back a little bit and stuff. I come out again. I see another palm. And it's, it's pulling off and it's turning brown. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I begin to water it again. I begin to water this plant and then I come out again. There's another shoot and another shoot. And I'm like, you're dying on me. No, I love this thing. Do this plant. No, realize how much I love this plant. And, and every day I'm doing this. I'm coming out. And the plant, the, some of the palms are still, the shoots are pulling away and turning brown. I'm doing everything I can for this plant. But still, all the stems were turning brown and dying. Then the gardener came, and I, and I, you know, he does this thing, and then I'll go outside and check what, what he's done. And now this is, I'm telling you, this is what I'm seeing. God's given me this vision. So I'm usually, go, I'll go outside, and I see, you know, what, what he's done after 
everything. And I go to the backyard, and this once big, beautiful plant that I loved, he cut back to only two, two shoots, two tall shoots. There was nothing left of my plant. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this thing is still dying on me. And I'm like, I'm turning on the hose, watering again and watering again. The next day, I go outside, and there's my plant. And then it begins, all these tiny babies are shooting up next to these two tall plants, two tall shoots. There's, there's small little babies growing. And, they're get, and then I go out the next day, and they're getting taller, and they're getting taller, and it's starting to become healthy again and growing. And that's the picture that God gave me of this church. At one time, this church was big, strong, healthy. You know, not saying that it's not. I'm just saying it was big, strong, and healthy. It was producing. And all of a sudden, some of the shoots started to pull away. It started to pull away. But then God had to come, and he had to begin to prune. He was that gardener. He, get, he began to cut away all the things that were hurting this church. At the plant, this, this church. And it hurt some of you. It hurt deep. But God says, if I don't do this, everything will die. So just watch. Be silent and wait on me. Amen. And like I said, there was two tall shoots sticking up. Two shoots. And it reminded me of Pastor Reggie and Viola. That's what those two shoots represented it to me. This is what God was showing me. And then all the babies that began to grow and get tall and strong, and they weren't getting robbed of anything because God was giving them, they were, he was feeding them. And because of this pruning, there's now there's new, all these new converts coming in. And these now, no, new converts are a fertilizer to your soil, this church. And... This church is going to grow, not just in numbers, but spiritually. Because of the new converts, you're going to take your eyes off of yourselves, and you're going to begin to focus on all these new babies. And through this, you're going to create an atmosphere in this place, an atmosphere of joy, an atmosphere of love, an atmosphere of hospitality, and a church filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is going to be known in this church. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that, that that's God. God. God had that word for you. Oh, amen. And just to take it back for a second, my, see, it had to be pruned or would never grow to its potential. And see, I didn't know that, but the gardener who was experienced, he knew. And God knows when we or their church needs to be pruned, or you and the church will never grow. The, in John 15, 1 through 8, 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You already, you already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me... I am in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. See, God wants to prune, not to hurt but that it bears more fruit. By keeping the old, it sucks up the life of the nutrients that can be given to the branches that are really bearing fruit. See, ministry is not fruit. Being able to play an instrument or sing or take a nursery is not bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is winning people to Jesus. It's the ones that are not producing that try to suck the life from the ones that are bearing fruit and do have a calling on their life. God has a purpose for each and every one of us in this place. But don't be deceived. There are people that want to rob you of your destiny. They will try to take you right out of your very calling of God. Listen, you can have a healthy relationship and also, and don't even know it unhealthy relationship and don't even know it. Have you ever felt confused after hanging out with certain people? Listen to these two scriptures, James 3.16. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. In the English Standard Version, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and, and every evil practice. 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. And I want you to really get a hold of what God is trying to speak to you. You have a destiny in this place. You women of God, not just men. Women have a destiny in God. Amen. He created us just like he created a man. And he has a destiny. The devil knows it and will try anything and everything to discourage you, weigh you down, depress you, slow you down, or simply just make you ineffective. I want to start with you are appointed. You're appointed and anointed. In John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Your part is God has appointed you to fill, fulfill certain assignments. John 15, 16. You did not cho choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Each one has been appointed his or her own task. Hallelujah. When then is Paul, who is Apollos, must minister through whom believed, is the Lord gave to each one. You have a calling. You have a person, personal uh, destiny for yourself. God wants to do something, not just in you, but through you also. 
You are, you are Christ's ambassador on this earth. Everywhere you go, you represent Jesus. You can change your world if you are willing to accomplish the appointments that God has appointed you to do. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in everyday life. Start praying. God, I ask you to direct my steps today. Show me those divine connections and divine appointments you have for me. Be aware of your surroundings and the people around you at work, in the grocery store, Starbucks, wherever you may be. Look around and say, God, is there anything I can do for you today? Because, you know, sometimes we're always asking God, hey, God, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? But we're never asking God, what can I do for you, God? We're always thinking about ourselves. Our eyes are always about us. Me, 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 me. Instead of saying, God, what, what can I do for you? Is there any person I need to touch for you today? I'm available, God, and I'm always an assignment for you. You know, I remember um, before I left to go up to Washington, Kayla and I and one of her friends went running at the beach. And we're doing these stairs. And, and as we come up, there's a bench right there. And there's two older men. I'm like 90 years old, old, okay? And, and Kayla had on this shirt that had a cross on it. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures or not. So he, uh, he, he called her out on it. He was like, hey, hey, can I ask you something? And she turned around and looked at him. And so right away, you know, when somebody, somebody's asking my kids something, anybody, it's a mama thing. It's like, <laughs> like, who is this dude talking to my kid? What is he, what is he, what is he going to do? So I had to step up. I had to like, mm, let me get in front of her. I don't know what he wants. And so he's like, is that a cross on the back of your shirt? And she was like, what? You know, and so, yes, it's a cross. And so he goes, well, I'm an atheist. And I'm like, so I was like, okay, here we go. I go, no, you're not. You're not an atheist. And he's like, no, I'm an atheist. And I'm like, no, you're not. You have to believe in something. I know you do. And so he began to tell me things. And I had to get down close to him. I had to get down very close to him because he could barely hear me. But let me tell you something. When I began to speak to him, it began to shut his words. And those negative words that he was trying to speak and, and the things that he was trying to say to me, I came right back at him with God's word and with God's love. And that man that called himself an atheist is now saved and walking away. He said a sinner's prayer with me that morning. Amen. 90-year-old man said a sinner's prayer and it's, not be, it's, it's because, you know what, I didn't have my eyes focused on myself. It's because, you know what, there's, there's people in need that only you can touch. You're going to come in con, con, uh, contact with. And you're going to be able to, to reach into them. You're going to be able to pray with them. And they're going to walk away. And, you know, I, I might not know, where, I don't know where this man is going, but I believe that was a divine that was from God right there. I have no idea, but I did my part. God does the rest. Amen? Amen. So how do you fill your, fulfill your destiny? One day at a time. Get up every day and make yourself available to God, and your destiny will unfold before you. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and God will use you more and more. And also fulfill it by standing up and proclaiming, I need to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me and claim, 
Claim what God has given you. Claim it. God, you have given me. You have given me promises. God, you have told me. I'm claiming those. Because if we don't claim them, then what happens? They're, they're just left there. But no, claim what God has for you. See, I am powerless without God. But with God, I can do all things. I need to be his voice. Amen. 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 Winston Churchill, Churchill once said during World War II, I was not the lion, but it fell to me to give the lion's roar. It wasn't his roar. It was the nation and mankind, but he said he had the luck to be called upon to give the roar. Likewise, we are not the lion, but it has fallen on us to give voice to the lion's roar. Jesus alone is the Christ and the lion of the tribe of Judah. We as his followers are to echo his roar. The foremost reason for the lion to roar is to proclaim and protect his territory. Amen. In the 70s, there was a song that says, I am woman, hear me roar. Amen. And we need to come together. We need to stand up together and let the devil know who we are. We need to proclaim and protect our territory. Rise up. Rise up and roar. Um, what is a roar? Is a fearless proclamation. A roar is a release of something prim how you say it? Primal? Primal? Primal and uncontainable. I don't even know how I'm writing. <laughs> we each have the potential to roar. I believe for humans, the roar is, is a collective experience of more than voices. I believe it is the sound of people living their faith out loud. Amen. You're sharing hope. You're sharing the hope of God's love. It is time for us to ready ourselves collectively because we have the potential to become a roar. We are appointed to possess this. I always hear my husband and his favorite scripture is Matthew eleven twelve. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And he, he loves that. He preaches on that all the time. And um, have, have you... Um, I don't know if y'all have dogs or anything like that, but have you ever watched a dog when it's chained? Have you ever noticed how hard the dog tries to go a little farther, but the chain always stops him and yanks him back into the same place, never letting him go farther and experience more? Have you ever noticed when people walk their dogs and they have them leashed up and sometimes, you know, they use chains to keep the dogs from going everywhere and you know you have to have them on that leash and the dog just wants to get free but the dog has no freedom outside of like a th probably a three foot radius or so and unfortunately in the church of the 21st century many people are chained and remain in the same place Rather than moving forward into what God wants to do in their lives they remain in the same place where things are familiar and if it's and even if it's uncomfortable. It is as if they are on leashes that prevent them from experiencing more than what the dictator of their lives want them to experience. And then this, you need to know who you are in Christ. We're going to show this video of who you are.
Amen. As such, when I seen that video, it made me cry. It's, it, it just it really it just touched me because sometimes we can look so down upon ourselves, you know, and, and think of all these negative thoughts about ourselves. But God, God really loves us. Amen. But see, we need to let the, know, let the devil know who you are. You need to let the devil know who you are. The lion lets everyone know, I am here to defend my territory. I'm the pride family against all who dare to challenge me. I will not be quiet if someone attempts to steal my family, if someone tries to steal my cubs. I will not let the enemy in. The roar terrifies the invader and sets up a boundary place. We need to have boundaries in our homes. We need to have boundaries in a place at our church. I remember when your pastor Reggie and my husband went to Africa and they began to preach and just things were, they were getting attacked. They were getting attacked in in their mind, just your spirits, things are crazy over there. And, and I remember my husband was like, he he jumped up. I don't know what time it was during the morning or whatever, like four in the morning or something. And, and your pastor's like, where are you going? He's like, I got to go pray. I got to go pray. So they went out and they started to pray and they started to walk around where they had their meetings. They were setting boundaries. They set up their boundaries in that prayer so that nothing can attack them. They prayed. Then other people, I guess later on in those days, if I'm saying it right, you know, other pastors came, other people came. They began to all march around and pray and set up that boundary. So when those spirits tried to come, they couldn't get in. The the devil could not penetrate those boundaries. And tonight we need to set up boundaries, boundaries in our mind, boundaries in our heart, boundaries in our family, boundaries in our church, boundaries in our place of work. Amen. You need to set up those boundaries. Do not let the devil have any place. When you set up those boundaries, he can't get in. He cannot get in because we serve a God, a powerful God. Amen. Amen. In essence, the lion's roar says, I know you don't see me. You might not see me. But as the darkness falls, I want you to imagine this with me. The lead lion will rise to his feet. He will change his posture. He will bow his head. When I see this in my mind, I think of humility. I think of giving honor. But then he changes his posture again. He expands his chest and he draws in the night air. Then only one, only then he releases his roar. And this sounds reverberates throughout the entire region to declare that I am alert, I am powerful, and I am present. Say that with me. I am alert, I am powerful, and I am present. But do you hear and feel this when you say it? Or are you just saying the words or do you feel it? Don't mess with me. That's what the lion is saying. I know you don't see me, but you hear me now. So you don't mess with me. You don't mess with my children. You don't mess with my marriage. You don't mess with my health. You don't mess with my church. So hear me roar, devil. Let him hear. You have a voice. You know, I have a very good friend in the Paramount Church. Her name is Monique Robles. 
I came down here this week, especially for Monique. Monique has breast cancer. She is only 36 years old. She, only, she has three daughters. The baby is just a year. But this woman, let me tell you what, she has made it clear to the devil. She has roared in that devil's face. Everything this woman has gone through, you would never know that she has cancer. I went there yesterday into that hospital. I got to go back into the room. I got to be with her before she went into surgery. And she's got the victory. Why? Because she roared. She's like, devil, no, you are not having my life. This cancer is dead. The cancer is dead. In the name of Jesus, she has the victory. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. And, and, and instead, I thought, I'm going to cheer this girl up. Heck, no, she cheered me up. I was like, woohoo! And I got to pray with her before she went in. When the doctors came out, they were talking like it, surgery went great. They got out with, they seen the cancer and stuff. And just want to praise God because this woman is strong. She's strong. She's pushing. She's not bowing down. She's not bowing down to what the devil thought. thought. See, he thought. He thought he was going to take her. But she's like, no. Devil, hear my roar. Because I serve a God. I serve a, I serve a God of miracles. Amen. Praise God. And we likewise, passionate enough, are we passionate to bow our heads, to fill our lives, and to declare who we are in relationship to God? See, it's time for us to be bold and courageous in our faith. It's time for us to take our rightful place as women of God. We need to take our place as women of God, not cower down. No, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the devil trying to mess, mess with my mind. You know, because, you know, he, he loves to get in there. He loves to create things in there. Dude, you can have a whole story going on and it's not even happening. Because it's a stinking devil. And I'm like, you know what? No more. No more devil hear my roar. Because I know who I am. I know who I am. See, we need to settle the decision of who our father is. That it... He, we can do all things through Christ. It's time to fight. Fight the fight of faith. We need to stop allowing our fears and complacency and, and our silence to rule over our lives. We need to be courageous women of faith. See, there's so many stories in the Bible of courageous men and women that did the impossible through faith. They might have started out with excuses, but they ended up with triumph. They might have felt that they weren't capable but they allowed God to give them a new identity and enable them to walk by faith. So you need to know who you are in Christ. They knew where their strength was coming from. They struggled inwardly, but overcame the struggle through faith. Like Moses' mother, I like to say her name, Jacobin. I like that, Jacobin. I think that's a cool name. <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. But she risked her life to have her son not destroyed by hiding him in the Nile River. 
See, God hasn't anointed you to, uh, to fulfill your assignments and purpose. And before I give you more examples, I want to move to my next point, where you are anointed to fulfill your assignment and purpose. You don't have to pray for the anointing because you are anointed whether you feel it or not. It is a state of believing for the believer, a state of being for the believer. Amen. And 1 John 2, 20 and 27, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. See, I have the anointing. I need to roar. I need to protect and claim and defend what God has given me. I look at women like Rahab risking her life to save her family. Think of what they thought of her. She was a prostitute. She brought shame to her family. But she sacrificed, and because of her, we are saved. Men? Deborah, the judge, who judged Israel and was a prophetess of wisdom. The anointing was on Deborah. She laid claim and fulfilled her appointment. I love this. When the general came to her and said, hey, it's time to go out and fight. He said, he said we're not going to go out and fight unless you go out and fight with us. That's what he told Deborah. And she said, fine. If you need this woman to go with you, I'll put on my uniform. I'll march out. I'll march, march right out there with you. And God gave them the victory because of this bold woman of faith. I love that chick. That's awesome. Have you put on your, your uniform to walk out in faith and believe and fight? Or are we hiding? God wants you to put on that uniform. See, I'm glad I married a Marine. Amen? I love them blues. Dude, I love them blues. And when they wear them blues and they stand in tall and however they stand, you know, all with their feet like this and they're all in check. Dude, oh my God, you don't know what that does. I love, I married a Marine. And I was like, that's right. I might not have that uniform, but hey, this is mine. And I'm, I'm right next to him, and I'm proud. And you, you might not see it, but it's on. It, my uniform is on, and I'm going out to battle with him. Amen? We're battling Washington now. We are, we're going to take the land for Jesus. Amen. See, Ruth also, who gave up her family and country just to follow her mother-in-law, and followed her all the way to Israel. Sounds like Cindy and Viola. <laughs> Cindy, she loves her Viola. <laughs> Amen. How do we, oh, I'm sorry, Queen Esther, who risked her life for the Jews. Amen. How do we get this kind of faith that roars and leaves a lasting impact on other people's lives? And I think about me, me, Linda. What were some of the things I had to fight through to get my roar, to get stronger in my faith? Tonight, I had to settle with identity issues. I had to settle. Because, see, when I was little, there was things said to me. There was things done to me that tried to rob me of who I was. 
try to make me think of I was different. Like if I had a big L on my forehead, tattooed on my forehead, because this happened to me. But God says, no. No. Amen. I fought those identity issues. But I know who I am. Amen. Hallelujah. And Romans 8, 14 through 15. For as many as you are led by the Spirit of God, these are, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Men, you can't be bold and courageous still battling your identity. You can't be a faith walker and talker still battling your identity. I had to come to grips with my identity. I couldn't do the things God wanted me to do because I was insecure. I didn't know. Amen. See, I remember one conference. My kids were trying to find a seat, and the ushers would come like, hey, you can't sit there. And they're like, hey, but do you know who my daddy is? They threw that out there. Do you know who my daddy is? And tonight, see, that's, that's that tonight when, when they said that, do you know who my dad is? And they were like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So the, that's the kind of identity we should have. When the enemy comes to stop us and the enemy comes to tear us down, when he comes to try to destroy us, we need to look him in the face and say, do you know who my father is? Do you know who my father is? Do you know the kind of blood that is running through my veins? Amen. Once you lay claim to your identity and your faith is strengthened, God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to do incredible things in your life. Because if he didn't have done that in my life, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. Fear used to grip me, grip me hard. And yes, it's, it's normal to be nervous when you come up. I used to say no to this. I would not come up here because of fear. Because I didn't know who I was. But God's like, no. Not no more. Devil hear her roar. Because it's done. It's over. Amen. See, the devil has released a deceitful tool. If he can for a moment make you forget who you are. He will get you to make decisions on your emotions and not based off of your identity. Identity theft is a serious thing. When Nicholas, my youngest boy, was four years old, he had his identity stolen. Some dude was working off of his social security card and making bank off of him. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were making bank off of my four-year-old boy. So when the devil tries to come at you and plant doubts of who you are, Again, let him hear your roar. Let him know who you belong to tonight. And I just want to also say this. Don't let people tell you who you are either. Because they can. They could tell you, oh, you're just a single mom. You're just a teenager. You're just this. You're just a past addict. You're just this. You're just that. Whatever it may be. But this is when you let... God tell you your identity, and your identity, you're a blood-bought, Holy Ghost-walking child of God. Amen? And you've been forgiven, and you've been set free, and you're on your way to heaven. Amen? You need to get this tonight. Know who your Father is. Know your identity. 
Don't be robbed tonight. When I found out that man was working, that boy, I tell you what, we were on it. And they, they caught him and everything. Because later in life, I'm like, Nicholas is going to be messed up when he tries to do taxes and stuff like that. Because his identity was stolen. Tonight, don't, don't allow the devil to do that. So you're a container of God's power. The anointing is the presence of the Holy Spirit in you, giving you the power you need to fulfill your assignments and your destiny. You have an anointing in you to set people free, lead people to the Lord, lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. Take authority over Satan and set people free from his power. You have the power of God in you and you should allow it to flow through you to help the hurting people. There's so many hurting people out there. Driving through Seattle, Oh my gosh, you thought L.A. was bad when it comes to um, homeless people. There's so much more homeless people out there. It is the saddest thing I have seen. And I'm not talking about there. there's women, there's children, there's everyone out there. They're hurting. And we have that power to help hurting people. You are a carrier of God's power. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy with what God has given you. Amen? He has entrusted you with the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work that Jesus did. Become more conscious of the anointing in you. Depend on that anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, we're just going to bow our heads, close our eyes. And we're going to believe God, that God is going to, has touched lives in here. First of all, I just want to make a call. If you do not know Jesus, please lift your hand so that one of us can pray with you. If you do not know him as your personal Lord and Savior, see, it's not about religion. It's about relationship with the Son of God. It's about the relationship. And if you do not know him, just lift up your hand. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed because he wasn't embarrassed to die for you in front of everyone. Hallelujah. Or if you are backslidden in your heart, you have fallen away. God, is, God has never left you. He will never leave you. And he is waiting. His arms are stretched out tonight to reach out, pick you back up and bring you to him. If this is you, you can lift up your hand as well. Amen. Praise God. Tonight, women of God, if you are struggling with your identity, if you're struggling who your father is, please come up to this altar. Don't let the devil rob you. Don't sit in your seat tonight thinking, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. Because, see, he's already robbing you of your identity because you think you're all that and all okay. But the truth is, you could be hurting inside. And God wants to use you. He wants to use your voice. See, we have a voice that he wants to use. And if you're that woman that needs Jesus, need God to just touch Say, God, help me. I need that power. I need the Holy Ghost. I need to be filled with your spirit so that I can be strong. 
that I can fight, I can put those boundaries upon around me, that the devil will have not a right. He has no right, for we are the, his daughters. We are the child. We are his child. Amen. Hallelujah. We can all just stand in this place. If you need to come up here to the altar, come on up. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask Sister Viola if she will come and help me pray. Angie, Cindy, whoever wants to come up, just help me pray and lay hands and just believe for what God is going to do. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. For more information about our church, visit kirchurch.com or follow us on Instagram at kirchurch.